See the film that set the slasher movie blueprint. Can you handle the terror of Mary Ababa's classic giallo, A Bay of Blood? When a rich countess is murdered, it is a race to see who will inherit her estate, and you can bet the body count is going to rise rapidly in the process of plot twists spin wildly out of control. The pile of bloodied corpses is going to get higher and higher as one of the mangled victims is hung, speared, stabbed, macheted. Thirteen horrific murders turn the screen crimson with blood. Thirteen corpses float in the Bay of Blood. I really did enjoy this film, but we're running into a problem where if you take the works of one specific creator and just kind of smash them down your throat, uh, they start to bleed together a little bit. Um, and this is a mistake that I made with the set, but it's uh, still an absolutely wonderful set, and I'm glad to have it. Again, I enjoyed the film. It really kind of kept me on my toes uh, throughout, and and I think that it's a, a, an excellent addition. Could even be, uh, upon a further review, considered one of the top films in the set, um, top films of Baba's career. So I would absolutely recommend watching the film. So that is The Bay of Blood. Next up, we have Barren Blood. Be the last blow for me, Elizabeth Holly. Let me taste sweet revenge. Please, let me cut into his heart. <laughs> Behind dank walls, a nightmare world of horror and butchery awaits as a rotting corpse crawls from the earth to terrify the living. No! Beware of barren blood. I would not play with the occult if I were you. One's obsession with it could be the real danger. Baron Blood. He earned his name through torture and death. The screams of his victims still echo in his chamber of horrors. The Baron's will not only dominated this castle, but all the valley below. The people were necessary only for his convenience. Was the Baron, and both your lives are in danger. You will try again. Baron Blood. He returns to avenge a witch's curse and reclaim his empire of evil. Unleash the monster on the world. You must try to send him back. Joseph Cotton and Elke Summer. Ah! Beware of barren blood. One of horror giant Mario Bava's biggest hits, Barren Blood returns to the all-stops-out gothic atmosphere of the central theme of a witch's curse that fueled his breakthrough film Black Sunday 12 years earlier. This time, the curse was placed on Baron Otto von Kleist, Austria's legendary murderous Baron Blood, 
whose corpse is inadvertently revived when an ancient incantation is read out as a joke by a descendant and his girlfriend. Naturally, the Baron decides to carry on where he originally left off with the help of an entire vault of, a, of an elaborate torture devices. Joseph Cotton, Citizen Kane, the third, third man, has a whale of a time as the deceptively charming Baron and is given sterling support by Ilka Sommer, Lisa and the Devil, who is chased through a fog-shrouded alleyways in one of Bava's most memorably atmospheric set pieces. Anytime you have Joseph Cotton in a film, I'm likely going to enjoy it. I, he has uh, such charm that it just sucks me in every time. Uh, this one is no different. It is a period piece, which Bava is awfully good at those, but that's just something to keep in mind when you go into it. It's quite enjoyable, and I think you could have a really good time with it. Next up, we have Lisa and the Devil. eyes, Leander. What color are the eyes? Changeable, my lady. But by candlelight.
From the father of Italian horror, Mario Bava, comes the tale of nightmarish surrealism of a supernatural suspense. Lisa, played by Ilka Summer, an American tourist traveling in Spain, loses her tour party and seeks refuge in the tumble-down mansion of a blind countess after being guided there by a distinctly satanic butler of the house, Leandro, played by Telly Savalas. The son of the countess notices Lisa's striking resemblance to his dead lover and pursues her in the night of murder. Strange eroticism and dark hallucinations begins. Recut in the U.S. to cash in on the popularity of William Friedkin's The Exorcist, re-released as The House of Exorcism, the original Lisa and the Devil is Baba at his abstract and delirious best, delivering a 70s horror classic and a masterclass in cinema as feverish nightmares. There's this thing in American television where, as the seasons progress, they start to bring in guest stars. And the more and more of these guest starring vehicles that you see, the more frequently you know going into it who the um, troublemaker is going to be. And as soon as Telly Savalas' name showed up on the screen, I had no doubt. Uh, He even, at times, has uh, one of his trademark uh, lollipops in his mouth, trying to eschew any idea that he is not who he is and he is not the bad guy in the film. So, uh, for me as an American viewer, it was kind of almost, in a sense, spoiled, but not... Not really. I mean, these uh, when you're watching horror films a dime a dozen, you pick up on these things. It's not, uh, it's not Shakespeare, guys. It was, it was an enjoyable film, without question. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the set. There is still one more film in here, and I really, really totally enjoyed it. It's called Rabid Dogs, uh, but it's not a horror film. So I'm not going to cut it in here. But, well, I'm not entirely sure that it fits in the set. Um, I'm grateful to have it. Uh, I really enjoy Italian crime films, and that one's it's it's kind of a suspenseful uh, picture of a bank heist, and it's the thieves trying to escape, and they uh, they carjack somebody, take the the family with them, and so it's it it's a very long intense escape uh, film, uh, which again highly recommend, and really while it doesn't necessarily fit in the scheme of the macabre visions. It was still quite, quite good. Moving on is a film I don't want to talk too deeply about because it is brand new. Uh, Hopefully, by the time you hear this, it's still in theaters. Uh, And that is uh, Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. Tell me, what's a timberman want? With being a wiki. Just looking to earn a living. It's like any man. Starting new. On the run. Keeping secrets, are you? No, sir. Why just fill your beans?
long have we been on this rock? Five weeks? Two days? Help me to recollect. From Robert Eggers, the visionary filmmaker behind modern horror masterpiece The Witch, comes the hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers in a, on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. There are very few films that I have seen that are able to deliver on the atmosphere of somebody losing their mind. Uh, this is a film of almost a Lovecraftian uh, horror of psychosis and, and just watching the sanity drip out of somebody's face. Uh, as these two men are on uh, a lighthouse island for an extended period of time. Uh, the performances are absolutely top-notch. Uh, Willem Dafoe is Willem Dafoe. I mean, he just delivers. He will always be there. And Robert Pattinson, the more I see of him, uh, the more I appreciate what he's able to do. Able to do. Um, everything that I have ever seen him in has just uh, knocked my socks off. And The Lighthouse is absolutely no different. And I would recommend... It's certainly not a film for everyone. It's very easy to struggle with recognizing uh, and appreciating what the film is because of the experience of seeing the film. If you're expecting something modern that is, you know, like a... that really has a pretty good clip to it, you're not going to find it in The Lighthouse. However, if you're going for an atmospheric tale of supernatural suspense and just horror in like in the minds of people, this is absolutely the film for you. All right, next up we have, this was a recommendation uh, by Elric Kane from the uh, uh, Shockwaves podcast, and it is The Possessed. The whole town said Tilda committed suicide, but the whole town knew she was murdered. Who spied on her at night and saw her making love to a stranger? Was he the man who killed her? Who killed Tilda? Who? What did anyone know about Tilda? Or about Enrico, the owner of the hotel where she worked? Or Mario, his strange, violent son? And Mario's silent wife, Adriana? And his sister, Emma, charming and suspicious? Who was it wandering by the side of the lake on those windy winter nights? Who was she? Who was the Lady of the Lake? Only in the final moments of the film will you find the startling answers to these questions. The Lady of the Lake. A film about a strange kind of love. And violence. And death. <coughs> the Lady of the Lake. Starring Peter Baldwin. Salvo Randone. Philippe Leroy. Pia Lindstrom. Valentina Cortese with Virna Lisi as Tilda. Directed by Luigi Bazzoni and Franco Rossellini. Coming shortly to this screen.
peace here now. It's impossible for me to rest. Everything's destroyed. There's nothing left. The Lady of the Lake, a film of psychological suspense and terror you won't want to miss. The Possessed is a wonderfully atmospheric proto-giallo based on one of Italy's most notorious crimes, the Alehi killings, and adapted from the book on the case by the acclaimed literary figure Giovanni Comiso. Peter Baldwin, from The Ghost and the Weekend Murders, stars as Bernard, a depressed novelist who sets off in search of his old flame, Tilda, a beautiful maid who works at a remote lakeside hotel. Bernard is warmly greeted by the hotel owner, Enrico, and his daughter, Irma, but uh, Tilda has disappeared under suspicious circumstances. Bernard undertakes an investigation and is soon plunged into a disturbing drama of familial secrets, perversion, madness, and murder. Co-written by... Oh, geez, I'm not going to get this one right. Uh, Co-written by Julio Questi and co-directed by Luigi Bizzani, The Possessed masterfully combines film noir, mystery, and giallo tropes, whilst also drawing on the formal innovations of the 1960s art cinema, uh, particularly uh, the films of uh, Antonioni, a uniquely dreamlike take on true crime. The Possessed is presented in a stunning new restoration. It's a film by uh, Luigi Bazzani and Franco Rossellini. Uh, I will say that I had no uh, preconceived notion going into the film. I was pleasantly surprised. It it's a slow burn, uh, like it says on the back. It's it's it fits a lot of the giallo uh, tenets, but it's not necessarily uh, kind of uh, adjacent. Uh, but it's a stunningly photographed film, and I would recommend that uh, fans of that genre uh, go ahead and check this one out. That is the possessed. Next up, we have Deaf by Temptation. You know, I think uh, you could tell a lot about a woman by the kind of bed she sleeps in. Now, this freaky bed says to me that you are one hot-natured freakazoid. That woman, and I don't know why you can't see this, man, is crazy. She is a murderer. I'm telling you. Something right. No! I'm 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 sort of kind of taking a break right now. Well, tell me, Joe, how does one just simply take a break from God? Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Joel is the last one of his line. <laughs> Soon it's all going to be over. Listen, I don't have time to explain the whole thing, so please trust me. I want you to put this in her drink. Now, that's holy water that's just been blessed. <laughs> 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 
Criminals, we got ETs and zombies killing people, man. Joel, James Bond III, grew up in a church, but has started questioning his beliefs. After sensing a supernatural presence from his deceased father, Joel becomes compelled to visit his cousin Kay in New York. But shortly after arriving, he and Kay become embroiled in a series of unexplained homicides of a local man all of whom were last seen in the company of a mysterious and beautiful woman who has now sets her bloodthirsty sights on Kay. The sole directorial effort of the sole directorial effort of child actor James Bond III, who also wrote, produced, and starred Death by Temptation, is a macabre neon-tinged portrait of late 80s Brooklyn, blending supernatural horror and religious mysticism punctuated by an electrifying hip-hop and R&B soundtrack. Featuring early performances by Samuel L. Jackson, along with character actor Bill Nunn, and exquisite visuals from one of the 20th century's most gifted cinematographer Ernest Dickerson, Vinegar Syndrome presents Death by Temptation to Blu-ray, newly restored from its original 35mm camera negative. Once I watched Abby, which I talked about in the first half, a friend of mine, Ian, said you should pair that with Death by Temptation. It was a film that I had picked up a little while back. Uh, I was just sitting on the two-watch pile, and I took his recommendation as a reason to vault that up near the top. And I am kind of sad that I waited, uh, but also... Uh, simultaneously glad that I did because it does pair perfectly with Abby. Whereas Abby falls into the uh, tropes of a black exploitation esque film, Death by Temptation is one of those early uh, reclamation pieces, uh, I want to call it, where uh, it was not made specifically in an attempt to capitalize on taking a previously white property and flipping it over. Uh, into a an African-American cast and content. It's uh, a film that is that just like lives and breathes uh, New York in the late 80s. And I mean, I have to assume I was not in New York in the late 80s. It has a low production value, but a, a high rate of return. Uh, it's It's engaging and very entertaining. And like I had mentioned, pairs perfectly with Abby. And that is uh, Death by Temptation. Next up, we have a film that I'm surprised that I missed in uh, my, my journeys. Uh, however, I am grateful that I did. Uh, I'll get into that here in a moment. It is Two Evil Eyes. Wake He's still alive. From the creators of Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, Two Evil Eyes. <laughs> We are felons, Jessica. We have committed grand larceny here and fraud and God knows what else. Beyond the limits of morality. Oh. In a few weeks, we'll have it all. And beyond the boundaries of life. I am dead. You killed her. And I didn't kill her! 
Take one look at him, then tell me you think he's still alive. The terror of George Romero. Wake up! The suspense of Dario Argento. A new dimension of evil that goes beyond all evil. Two evil eyes. A double dose of terror from the directors of Dawn of the Dead and Zesperia. Masters of modern horror, George Romero and Dario Argento bring you the unprecedented pair of shockers inspired by the tales of Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. In Romero's facts about the case of Mr. Valdemar, the conniving wife, Adrienne Barbo of the Fog, and her lover use a hypnotic trance to embezzle a fortune from her dying husband, only to receive some chilling surprises from beyond the grave. In Argento's The Black Cat, a deranged crime scene photographer, Harvey Keitel, is driven to brutal acts of madness and murdering by his girlfriend's new pet. But will this cunning feline deliver a final sickening twist of its own? Martin Balsam, E.G. Marshall, John Amos, and uh, Tom Atkins co-star in the wild horror hit that it also features grisly makeup by Tom Savini. In a celebration of its 30th anniversary, Blue Underground is proud to present Two Evil Eyes in a new 4K restoration from the original camera negative, packed with exclusive new content and archival extras. When I say that I'm glad I waited, it's kind of a twofer. Uh, first off, this film will be wholly appreciated by fans of uh, Creepshow and Tales from the Crypt. It doesn't. Fo it follows into the uh, short feature concept that you get in the Tales from the Crypt and Creepshow format. Well, first off, the facts of the case of Mr. Valdemar, uh, it's kind of like a, a, a high-level um, horror. It's relatively bland. And, and I, I know these are... And the Black Cat was, was entertaining. It had a great score. Um, and it both had some interesting twists. But again, both being based off of uh, Edgar Allan Poe stories. The Black Cat, I mean, I've seen that half a dozen times. Uh, the various uh, films. It's difficult to recommend on, on that level. However, I can recommend it uh, on the, this restoration. It looks incredible. Uh, it's got a bunch of new and uh, archival extras, as it mentions. And for now, at the very least, it's in a limited edition that comes with uh, the original soundtrack by uh, Pino Donaggio. This is Two Evil Eyes. That's a new release here from Blue Underground. All right, next up we have a film that I did not, uh, I had not seen until now. I don't have a good reason to have waited aside just from i guess waiting for the time to be right we'll say and that is an american werewolf in london did you hear that what was it a coyote there aren't any coyotes in england what happened to them well the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic must have been a very powerful man Jack and I were not attacked by a man. It's an animal. A wolf. Did he say a wolf? Yes, I believe he did. Did you get a good look at the man who attacked you? Doctor, my memory is fine. It's my sanity I'm beginning to worry about. You've never had bad dreams before. Well, sure, as a kid, but never so real, never so weird. I'm going to look into your eyes. 
My friend Jack was just here. Your dead friend, Jack. Hi, David! He told me that I will become a monster in two days. The supernatural, the power of darkness, it's all true. Please believe me. Believe what? That tomorrow night, beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people? You'd be surprised what horrors a man is capable of. Are you all right now? I don't know. I'll let you know the next full moon. I'm a werewolf. You're gonna change. You'll kill people. You'll become... I know. A monster. David, don't lose control! Control? What control? David, I can help you. No, I'm not safe to be with. You gotta stay away from me. everybody dies in it one of the greatest directors of the 1980s john landis expertly combines macabre horror with dark humor in the lycanthropic classic an american werewolf in london american tourists david and jack are savaged by an unidentified vicious animal while hiking in the yorkshire moors david awakes in a london hospital to find his friend dead and his life in disarray returning to the home of the beautiful nurse to recuperate he soon experiences disturbing changes to his mind and body, undergoing a full moon transformation that will unleash terror on the streets of the capital. An American werewolf in London had audiences howling with laughter and recoiling with terror upon its cinematic release. Landis's film has gone on to become one of the most important horror films of the decade, rightly lauded for its masterful set pieces, uniquely unsettling atmosphere, and Rick Baker's truly groundbreaking, Oscar-winning special makeup effects. Now newly restored and presented with an abundance of extra features, the big beast of horror can be devoured as never before. Arrow has released this new uh, set for American Werewolf in London. One of their neat little uh, slipcases, it comes with a uh, perfect bound book and a really, really neat poster uh, and just uh, jam-packed with uh, special features, new and old, I'm sure. I, I don't really have a reason uh, for not watching this. I think part of it comes of, comes from the fact that I had seen the transformation scene three or four dozen times, and in my head, that was the, the core of the film. And so I stupidly uh, didn't uh, take the entire piece in. Uh, but I have now, and I absolutely loved it, and I shouldn't be surprised. That is The American Werewolf in London, uh, new from Arrow, if you missed the Unlimited, they always do uh, an unlimited release. So you'll lose out on the book and the slipcase that uh, people say you don't watch slipcases. And that's true, but this is a nice one. So that's An American Werewolf in London. Next up, we have one of my annuals, the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You've seen all kinds of movies, but you've never seen anything like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is wonderfully weird. They're probably foreigners with ways different than our own. It's fabulously freaky. It's a trip. 
to transsexual Transylvania. The Rocky Horror Picture Show. The story is strange. But tonight is the night that my beautiful creature is destined to be born! The songs are super. The scenery is smashing. The cast is completely crazy. Junior Chamber of Commerce, Brad. There's a mad scientist named Frank N. Furter. Come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. And Rocky, his incredible creature. with a bad crowd, but it was worse than I imagined. A sinister servant named Riff Raff. I remember doing the time war. And Brad and Janet. My name's Brad Majors. Just a couple of clean-cut kids. This is my fiance, Janet Weiss. Touch it, touch it, touch it, touch me. I wanna be dirty. Eddie. Magenta. When shall we return to Transylvania? Huh? Columbia. <laughs> Dr. Scott. Great Scott! So give yourself over to absolute pleasure. the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sweethearts Brad and Janet, stuck with a flat tire during a storm, discover the eerie mansion of Dr. Frank Enferder, a transvestite scientist. As their innocence is lost, Brad and Janet meet a household of wild characters, including a rocking biker, and a creepy butler. Through elaborate dances and rock songs, Frankenfurter unveils his latest creation, a muscular man named Rocky. Fans of film ruminations are going to know that I uh, am an enormous fan of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. While this year I did not opt to, uh, for the last several, I have gone to a late-night showing and a theater to pull in the entire uh, atmosphere of the the Rocky Horror experience. Um, I absolutely... Love the film. I I don't know if I've ever talked about this, and if I have, I am sorry. When I was growing up, the first time I watched it, I was not uh, sexually prepared for the film. Mentally, I could not accept it into my, my mind. It was uh, too radical for me at that point. And then as time passed, I realized that it was time for me to give it a go again. And enough time had gone by. I had a, a much more open mind when I watched it another time. And it was a completely different story. I could see the youthful lust and love and desire and, and horror at times and comedy at times and just some, some great music. And I realized that there's so much value in being comfortable expressing yourself that I myself fail to see sometimes. And I hope that 
uh, it's films like that and hopefully people listening here can understand or or maybe come to respect themselves that it's okay to want to be different and to enjoy different things and uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show will always be an important part of my life for me to be able to know this about myself and that was the Rocky Horror Picture Show next up is another film that I watch probably at least three times a year I don't know I put it on the background I, I guess watch is a strong word to use but that is uh, uh, Obayashi's house. House. Sweet. I didn't make I see in your eyes. Hoping to find a sense of connection to her late mother, Gorgeous takes a trip to a country, to the country to visit her aunt in an ancestral house. She invites her friends Prof, Melody, Mac, Fantasy, Kung Fu, and Sweet to join her. The girls soon discover that there's more to this old house than meets the eye. This, uh, this might be one of the most insane movies that I, I see uh, on a regular basis um, i have shared it with my friends on numerous occasions and it is uh, an invaluable addition to the criterion collection and 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 to my collection here it is just something that i always want to have around there's there's such joy in seeing that level of experimental filmmaking I, I hope to always want to recommend this to people, and I hope that people always just sit there and, and take it in with a grain of salt, uh, because it, it is, it's super special to me, and uh, it's special in and of itself. That is House. Next up, we have Peter Maddox's The Changeling. That house is not fit to live in. No one's been able to live in it. It doesn't want people. She said she'd seen a boy. He, he was trying to come up through the floor, and he kept staring at her. What is it in that house, Claire? What is it doing? Why is it trying to reach me? Will you communicate with us? Will you speak to us?
did you want? What do you want from me? I keep cutting to these high shots because I wanted to establish the presence of the ghost, you know. He goes through the house with the architect and they discover hidden behind a second story closet a secret door. We had to really create a facade with depth so we could have kind of little subtle things that you see through the skin of a house. George C. Scott can really take you to a place of agony. And as a director, Peter Medak really was able to bring something out in him that I'd never seen before. And welcome to the locations featurette for Peter Medak's The Changeling. Almost all of The Changeling was shot on location in Canada. Working on scary movies, it's marvelous. And I love it. I love it to pieces. After a tragic events happen, composer John Russell moves to Seattle to try and overcome it and build a new and peaceful life in a lonely big house that has been uninhabited for many years. But soon after, the obscure history of such an old mansion and his own past begin to haunt him. It almost seems like the theme this year might have been haunted houses. I think I've watched more of those than uh, any other uh, subgenre, and um, I guess it should be pretty clear by now that I I'm a fan of haunted houses, and I probably said that uh, in the last episode. But the Changeling, I had I had not seen growing up. It's a it's a moving picture uh, of a man being haunted by his own memory as well as the inherent memory of a house. And I absolutely and highly recommend anybody see this film. You don't have to be a, a horror film fan to watch it. There's very little uh, in the form of blood or guts and i think that it it would be a good it could be a very good entryway for people uh, into the genre that is the changeling all right following this we have the good old faithful john carpenter's halloween halloween night a small american town 15 years ago <laughs> trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I think he'll come back. Exploring uncharted territory. And totally charted. Just Sure, sure. The only reason she babysits is to have Halloween. 
Come on out. Fifteen years after murdering his sister on Halloween night in 1963, Michael Myers escapes from a mental hospital and returns to a small town of Haddonfield, Illinois, to kill again. I don't need to talk about this. Uh, it's Halloween. This was the, the original one. I'm fine with all of them, but this one is special to everybody, I think. So that's John Carpenter's Halloween. My wife had been talking with some co-workers about a film, and she asked if I would be interested in watching it again. And I said, hold on, I'm going to run upstairs right now and we could watch it this moment. And then I watched it a few days later. And that is Wes Craven's Scream. Hello. Hello. Who is this? You tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. Uh, I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. Someone is playing a deadly game. It all began with a scream over 911. Someone who's seen one too many scary movies. Now he's taken his love of fear. Hello? Hello, Sydney. One step too far. Do you like scary movies? What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Ever, under any circumstances, say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. Who do we make the rules? The police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night, they save time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Someone has taken their love of scary movies one step too far. A killer known as Ghostface begins killing off teenagers, and as the body count begins rising, one girl and her friends find themselves contemplating the rules of horror films as they find themselves living in a real-life one. This, uh, rewatching this was a, um, marriage of two 
instances uh, after listening to Rob Galuzzo's uh, wonderful uh, interview on a couple episodes back of Shockwaves and my wife wanting to revisit this herself, I was without question ready to go. Uh, I enjoyed the movies back in the 90s. I enjoyed them now. And she was wondering uh, if it still held up. And I told her without, you know, without, without a doubt it did. And uh, she still felt that way herself watching it these many years later. Uh, so I really recommend that you go listen to that interview over on Shockwaves. Um, it, it gives a lot of information, uh, interesting information about the opening Drew Barrymore scene and what it did for the rest of the film. And that is Wes Craven's Scream. Next up, as promised, I am I just very, very briefly going to be talking about another Agfa release, and that is uh, Daniel Erickson's 1991 film, Scary Movie. It's a quiet Halloween night. For just a few dollars, this place offers more than a few thrills. This year, we're going to give more than your money's worth. Are you going to get a ticket, or are you going to get a ticket? Psycho killer escapes on Halloween night. <laughs> yeah, right. must have t taken the wrong turn or or dang right you took the wrong turn or 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 never legitimately distributed until this very moment Scary Movie is a joyous horror triumph starring Academy Award nominee John Hawks. On a Halloween night, big-time nerd Warren, played by Hawks, channeling a mix of Buster Keaton and Crispin Glover, attends a spook house in a small Texas town. But is the haunted house as harmless as it seems? Or has a psychotic mental patient found a new stomping ground? Shot in Austin, Texas, Scary Movie combines Argent, uh, Argento-esque neon Freddy Krueger dreamscapes and slapstick inspired by Evil Dead 2 to forge a valentine to horror. Rubber moths are masked and chopped off limbs. From the songs of Rocky Erickson and the Butthole Surfers to the surrealistic mood, it's a true discovery for adventurous horror heads. Da, it's a fun movie. Uh, I'm not going to go into it too deeply because I will go into it too deeply later. As, uh, it is a, a joyous experience if you are uh, mentally prepared to go into a hyper-low budget uh, schlocky horror flick. And that is a scary movie. 100% uh, recommend. And I'll go into it later. We're almost done, folks. Uh, but um, I wanted to uh, talk here about uh, next on our list. And that is Cujo. <laughs> Nothing that lives in the imagination is more frightening than the terror that lives in Castle Rock, Maine. Cujo? Cujo? 
get us in here? when a monstrous canine terrorizes a helpless family in the legendary cult classic Cujo, based on the best-selling novel by Stephen King. When Donna and Vic Trenton struggle to save their rocky marriage, their son Tad befriends a lovable St. Bernard who becomes their, who belongs to their mechanic. But what they don't realize is that a bat bite has transformed Cujo from a docile pup to a vicious killer. With Vic away on business, Donna and Tad's car trouble pushes them into a living nightmare. Trapped by the demonic, relentless dog from hell, this critically acclaimed thriller promises to have you glued to your seat and foaming at the mouth. Making its UK debut on Blu-ray with over seven hours of extra content, Eureka Classics is proud to present Louis Teague's Cujo in the special two-disc Blu-ray edition. That's right, folks. This one is a Region B. It's available in the States. But seven hours of bonus features, uh, that's enough to hook me in. I'm pretty sure I saw this when I was younger. It's vague memories at best, but I was already a dog fan at the time. I imagine if you don't care for dogs, this movie is an absolute nightmare. However, I love them, so it was absolutely, it was terrifying at times. Uh, don't, don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to cheapen it. But it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awfully faithful adaptation of Stephen King's novel. Uh, there are a few things here and there, but it was, I, I think it was the proper amount of boiled down, but that is Cujo. And, uh, I'll tell you what, it's, it's a pretty good picture if you haven't seen it. So I would recommend it. It's, it's absolutely horrifying at times. So keep that in mind. All right. And rounding out, uh, this 31 days of horror is a release that I considered, uh, having a third uh, 31 days of Halloween episode. So I could go on a little bit and I, uh, I apologize now. Uh, but that was the, the turbine median German release of psycho, the legacy collection. Good afternoon. Here we have a quiet little motel tucked away off the main highway and as you see perfectly harmless looking when in fact it has now become known as the scene of the crime this motel also has as an adjunct an old house which is, if I may say so, 
a little more sinister looking, less innocent than the motel itself. And in this house, the most dire, horrible events took place. I think we can go inside because the place is up for sale, although I don't know who's going to buy it now. In that window on the second floor, the single one in front, that's where the woman was first seen. Let's go inside. You see, even in daylight, this place still looks a bit sinister. Now, it was at the top of these stairs that the second murder took place. She came out of the door there and met the victim at the top. Of course, in a flash, there was the knife, and in no time, the victim tumbled and fell with a horrible crash. I think the bat broke immediately and hit the floor. It was, it's difficult to describe the way that the, the, the twisting of the, of the, well, I, it's, I won't dwell upon it. Let, let, come upstairs. Of course, the victim, or should I say victims, hadn't any conception as to the type of people they would be confronted with in this house, especially the woman. She was the weirdest and the most... Well, well let's go into her bedroom. Here's the woman's room, still beautifully preserved. and the imprint of her figure on the bed where she used to lay. I think some of her clothes are still in this wardrobe. the son's room but uh, we won't go in there because his favorite spot was the little parlor behind his office in the motel let's go down there this young man you had to feel sorry for him after all being dominated by an almost maniacal woman was enough to drive anyone to the extreme of uh, uh, well, let's go in. Well, I suppose you'd call this his hideaway. His hobby, as you see, was taxidermy. Crow here, an owl there. An important scene took place in this room. There was a private supper here. And, uh, oh, by the way, this picture has great significance because uh, let's go along to cabin number one. I want to show you something there. 
all tidied up. The bathroom. Well, they've cleaned all this up now. Big difference. You should have seen the blood. The whole, the whole place was, well, it's, it's too horrible to describe. Dreadful. And I'll tell you, there's a very important clue was found here. Down there. Well, the murderer, you see, crept in here. Very slowly, of course, the shower was on, there was no sound. And, Psycho Psycho 2, 3, 4, uh, the 1998 remake, uh, an upconvert of Bates Motel, a TV movie, Psycho Legacy, and seven, uh, 7852, Hitchcock's The Shower Scene. This uh, box set is massive, as it comes with uh, all of the Psycho movies. Uh, the, it does not have the new TV show, both uh, Bates Motel. It does have... Uh, essentially a pilot episode for an older version of the Bates Motel. Two feature-length documentaries, hours and hours of interviews. Obviously, I've seen Psycho uh, dozens of times. Uh, I wrote a, a lengthy essay uh, on the site uh, near the beginning. Uh, I I feel almost confident in saying that it's it would be on my Mount Rushmore of horror films. It feels kind of cliche to say it's everything to me when it comes to horror, but it, it played such a huge part in... Uh, my formative enjoyment of the genre uh, from a very young age. At first, I, I saw this set. It's it's not inexpensive, and I'm sure it's out of print by now. Um, well, it was the limited. I'm sure those are sold. So finding this is it's kind of a a jerk move for me to even uh, talk about it here. Um, but it's worth tracking down just the ephemera that comes in the box set separately from. From the fact that you're getting all the films, hours and hours and hours of extra features. There's also a pad of Bates Motel guest note paper. A copy of the telegram. It's absolutely jam-packed. It's got a hotel register, the, the notepad, a whole bunch of posters, a Bates Motel uh, door uh, doorknob hanger, a couple copies of the letters that Janet sends. Um, it includes a, there is a different cut of Psycho. It's, uh, you can almost put that in air quotes that it's a different cut. There's about four extra seconds um, at the, of Norman watching uh, Janet Lee in the shower, getting, getting ready to get in the shower. If you can find it, you abs and if you're a, a, a fan, Absolutely. I when I first saw this being released, I was interested, obviously, because uh, it was a set that had all four of the movies. I hadn't seen two, three, and four uh, before this. But again, as a huge fan of the of the first one, 
I I was interested, but I I I, I said no. And then I had a friend that got it and said, "Holy cats, this thing! It's enormous. It's um, it's about the size of the the Herschel Gordon Lewis set or the uh, Ingmar Bergman set. Like it's enormous. It's got it just jam packed. It's it's one of those ones where it's almost justifiable based on the amount of things in it. At the end of the day, it's a box set of movies. That is true and fair. Uh, but it is such a complete collection." of these films that are excited to be able to, to, to have access to those and to watch them and to watch Rob Galuzzo's uh, Psycho Legacy documentary and the uh, 7852 uh, Hitchcock shower scene is an incredibly interesting documentary just about those, those very few seconds of film and how much effort and attention went into it. So overall, it's difficult to find. It's, it might be in Region B. I don't recall exactly. But I would really consider putting it at the top of my releases of the year. As long as it falls into my rules, which I don't think it will. It'll definitely be on the list of other options to check out as well. That's the Turbine Media Psycho Legacy Collection. If you can find it, get it. If you can't find it, uh, wait for it. Someday you might. Uh, but it is absolutely just the tops. I want to thank you for listening to uh, me drone on and on and on and on about horror films in this uh, two-parter, this 31 Days of Horror. It, it's always a fun time to revisit some of these classics and see a bunch of new ones that I hadn't seen or should have seen before. And I, I'm always ready and, and love to see what I see and experience what I experience and then take a few minutes here to chat about them at you guys. Uh, I'd love to chat about them with you guys. If you, if you would uh, hit me with some feedback, I'd be happy to, to, uh, to chat with you about it. My name is Jason. This is the Film Ruminations podcast. I am eternally grateful for everybody that listens. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm better.